0: Welcome to Bandcamp. My name's Dan.
1: And I'm Jennifer, and this is the podcast where we read banned books to try to find out why they were banned in the first place.
0: And this season, this is book two of Bandcamp, and we are reading Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. And because this book doesn't have traditional chapters, it just has, I guess they're called scenes. In the first scene that we read... Montague, the protagonist, he's a fireman who burns books, met a free spirited 17 year old girl named Clarice and they met each other and he kind of walked her home and they had a somewhat lengthy conversation at the very end. She said, as he walked her to her door, are you happy? And by the time he put that together in his head, am I happy? She was gone. So I guess happiness is not even an option in the future, I- I'm afraid. <laughs> And that's where that season, or that's where that scene ended.
1: All right. Thanks, Dan. So with that, we will start our next little part here. Happy of all the nonsense, he stopped laughing. He put his hands into the glove hole of his front door and let it know his touch. The front door slid open.
0: The glove hole. What is a glove hole?
1: I can. I mean, it's kind of, he was kind of right. They do have things where you could touch with your finger and the door will open. But I'd, I don't know. Glove hole. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Of course I'm happy. What does she think? I'm not. He asked the quiet rooms. He stood looking up at the ventilator grill in the hall and suddenly remembered that something lay hidden behind the grill. Something that seemed to peer down at him now. He moved his eyes quickly away. Hmm, mystery, what is it?
0: What's up in that? Boo Radley wanna up there? I want to know.
1: <laughs> what a strange meeting on a strange night. He remembered nothing like it save one afternoon a year ago when he had met an old man in the park and they had talked.
0: Oh my God, Jennifer, you're right. Nobody talks in this future.
1: No, no, they don't.
0: 20 years ago, he met a guy, an old man in the park, and they talked, and just now he met a girl.
1: So people don't talk and books are banned. So it sounds like you need thoughts in order to speak. Yeah. If you don't talk or read after a while, I don't know. Like, I don't know what would happen to me. Maybe new thoughts. Self-generated, self-generated thoughts, right?
0: It sounds like he's kind of lost in his own, like everyone in the future, except every once in a while you meet a 17-year-old weirdo who's out there living the world, living the life. But Ah, everyone else is stuck in their own little mind, and there's no room for new thoughts because I know what my routine is. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go to burn a few books. I'm going to get on that escalator. Ding, 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 ding.
1: By new thoughts, you mean outside influence. Yeah. Other information from other, yeah.
0: Well, thank God. Now we have TikTok, so don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) Montag shook his head. He looked at a blank wall. The girl's face was there, really quite beautiful in memory astonishing in fact Uh she had a very thin face like the dial of a small clock seen faintly in a dark room in the middle of the night when you wake in to see the time and see the clock telling you the hour and the minute and the second with a white silence and a glowing
0: you've got to be kidding me ray bradbury you have got to be kidding me (laughs) what kind of sentence
1: it's i'm almost there i can see the period coming all certainty and knowing what it has to tell of the night passing swiftly on toward further darknesses, but moving also toward a new sun.
0: Does it seem like he has a crush on her? Maybe. Oh God! Oh, God,
1: I hope not. Oh,
0: I, he's Please thirty don't and she's end up seventeen. Being
1: all pervy. and so you know, that's that happens a lot in books. I don't want it to happen in this book because I don't enjoy reading that sort of thing.
0: Well, I'm sure we didn't fix that in the future. <laughs> in a dystopian future. Oh God.
1: What, asked Montag, of the other self, the subconscious idiot that ran babbling at times, quite independent of will, habit, and conscience? He glanced back at the wall. How like a mirror to her face. Impossible. For how many people did you know that refracted your own light to you? Oh, he's got it bad for her. Uh, don't say that. But I think he does. I, th- I think he, she just confused him. She's, she, just, she planted a seed in his brain and he can't dig it out. People were more often, he searched for a simile, found one in his work. Torches, blazing away until they whiffed out. How rarely did other people's faces take a view and throw back to you your own expression, your own innermost trembling thought. Oh, I don't like the word trembling. What incredible power of identification the girl had. She was like the eager watcher of a marionette show, anticipating each flicker of an eyelid. Each gesture of his hand, each flick of a finger, the moment before it began. How long had they walked together? Three minutes? Five? Yet how large that time seemed now. How immense a figure she was on the stage before him. What a shadow she threw on the wall with her slender body. Okay. See, I'm telling you. Just don't look at her slender body. God, okay. He felt that if his eye itched, she might blink. And if the muscles of his jaws stretched imperceptibly, she would yawn before he would. Why, he thought, now that I think of it, she almost seemed to be waiting for me there in the street. So damned late at night, he opened the bedroom door. It was like coming into the cold marble room of a mausoleum after the moon has set. Complete darkness, not a hint of the silver world outside. The Sounds like a
0: very different house than Clarice's house. Clarissa's house is full of light, people talking. Meanwhile, he's going into a mausoleum.
1: He has kind of the, the polar opposite, right? Yeah. The chamber, a tomb world where no sound from the great city could penetrate. The room was not empty. He listened. The little mosquito delicate dancing hum in the air. The electrical murmur of a hidden wasp snug in its special pink warm nest. The music was almost loud enough so he could follow the tune. He felt his smile slide away, melt, fold over and down on itself like a tallow skin, like the stuff of a fantastic candle burning too long and now collapsing and now blown out. That's referencing the candle situation before, I think. Darkness. He was not happy. He was not happy. It says it twice.
0: (laughs) What, you're telling me he's not happy?
1: He's not happy. He said the words to himself. He recognized this as the true state of affairs. He wore his happiness like a mask, and the girl had run off across the lawn with the mask, and there was no way of going to knock on her door and ask for it back. She's really bugged him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this 17-year-old weirdo.
1: Without turning on the light, he imagined how this room would look. His wife stretched on the bed, uncovered and cold, like a body displayed on the lid of a tomb her eyes fixed to the ceiling by invisible threads of steel, immovable, and in her ears the little seashells, the thimble radios tamped tight, and an electronic ocean of sound, of music and talk and music and talk coming in, coming in on the shore of her unsleeping mind. The room was indeed empty. Every night the waves came in and bore her off on their great tides of sound, floating her, wide-eyed toward morning. There had been no night in the last two years that Mildred had not swum that sea, had not gladly gone down in it for the third time. Well, that sounds like how I like to sleep. I put the earbuds in. I put on a sleep mask. I I have two. I have uh, dark out uh, shades and dark out curtains.
0: You wear the mask and the dark out curtains.
1: Oh, absolutely. I like it to be uh, mausoleum like. You and Mildred would just, you could lay on the lids
0: of tombs next to each other.
1: <laughs> the only thing that would make it better is like if I could be in a hyperbaric chamber.
0: You <laughs> don't like any gameplay. And <laughs> <When> it's time <laughs> to go yeah. to bed, Jennifer Goes to Bed.
1: Ray Bradbury, author and
0: future teller. Ray Bradbury called it with the seashells.
1: I think yeah. that we have seashells. The, the, the AirPods, AirPods, right? yes. Everyone likes to fall asleep listening to a podcast. That's what people do.
0: I think my ears are bigger because I wedge AirPods in them every night, and then
1: I... (laughs) Tamp down tight? Yeah.
0: I like seashells better than
1: AirPods. Me too. The room was cold, but nonetheless he felt he could not breathe. He did not wish to open the drapes and open the French windows, for he did not want the moon to come into the room. So, with the feeling of a man who will die in the next hour for lack of air... He felt his way toward his open, separate, and therefore cold bed. An instant before his foot hit the object on the floor, he knew he would hit such an object. It was not unlike the feeling he had experienced before turning the corner and almost knocking the girl down. So he has like an extra sense. Maybe that's what saved him at the firehouse when he grabbed that pole real quickly.
0: Oh, maybe. He's a sensitive.
1: Super sense. His foot sending vibrations ahead
0: he's got a he's got a regular bat foot
1: <laughs> received back echoes of the small barrier across its path even as the foot swung his foot kicked the object gave a dull clink and slid off in darkness he stood very straight and listened to the person on the dark bed in the completely featureless night the breath coming out the nostrils was so faint it stirred only the furthest fringes of life a small leaf a black feather, a single fiber of hair.
0: Talking about her nose hair?
1: No, I think she's barely breathing or something. Huh. Because it, it could barely move these things. Oh. He still did not want outside light. He pulled out his igniter, felt the salamander etched on its silver disc, gave it a flick. Two moonstones looked up at him in the light of his small hand held fire. Two pale moonstones buried in a creek of clear water over which the life of the world ran, not touching them. I don't understand that. Is that some futuristic device?
0: When I think of his igniter, he's not like talking about like a big lighter. This is his thing he uses at work.
1: Yeah, this must be, yeah, because it's got an official seal on it, but it must be. Is it a flame gun? No, something he can hold in his hand. I don't understand, but Mildred. Her face was like a snow-covered island upon which rain might fall, but it felt no rain, over which clouds might pass through moving shadows, but she felt no shadow. There was only the singing of the thimble wasps in her tamped, shut ears, and her eyes all glass, and breath going in and out, softly. She
0: sleeps with her eyes open? That's creepy.
1: In and out her nostrils, and her not caring whether it came or went went or came the object he had sent tumbling with his foot now glinted under the edge of his own bed the small crystal bottle of sleeping tablets which earlier today had been filled with 30 capsules and which now lay uncapped and empty in the light of the tiny flare as he stood there the sky over the house screamed there was a tremendous ripping sound as if two giant hands had torn 10,000 miles of black linen down the seam. Montag was cut in half. What is felt, going on? He felt his chest chopped down and split apart. The jet bombers going over, going over, going over. One, two, one, two, one, two, six of them, nine of them, twelve of them.
0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You know that I am called the Count. Uh, uh,
1: uh. One and one and one and another and another and another. Did all the screaming for him. So I guess jet bombers. Those are loud. Have you ever had one go over your house? It's insane, no. especially if it's close. It's unpleasant. It does sound I, like it does feel like you're being torn in half. I grew up on an airbase, Not not like, here in Germany. They wouldn't do it here, I don't think. But it's unpleasant.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: He opened his own mouth and let their shriek come down and out between his bared teeth. The house shook. The flare went out in his hand. The moonstones vanished. He felt his hand plunge toward the telephone. The jets were gone. He felt his lips move, brushing the mouthpiece of the phone. Emergency hospital, a terrible whisper. He felt that the stars had been pulverized by the sound of the black jets, and that in the morning the earth would be covered with their dust like a strange snow. That was his idiot thought as he stood shivering in the dark and let his lips go on moving and moving.
0: So he comes home. He finds Mildred, his wife, glassy-eyed, barely breathing. He uh, stubs his toe on a a sleeping pill bottle, and she took all of the pills that day. So she tried to off herself.
1: Yeah, and he, he called the emergency services.
0: So I was thinking maybe she took all these pills because there's constantly black jets flying over in the middle of the night and she needed to sleep.
1: I mean, that's possible, but he did call an emergency service. Yeah.
0: Keeps getting darker and darker. He's
1: unhappy. Maybe she's unhappy, too. They had this machine. They had two machines, really. One of them slid down into your stomach like a black cobra down an echoing well looking for all the old water and the old time gathered there. It drank up the green matter that flowed to the top in a slow boil. Did it drink of the darkness? Did it suck out all the poisons accumulated with the years? It fed in silence with an occasional sound of inner suffocation and blind searching. It had an eye. Where what are we to What's going on here? I think these are the emergency services rendering some weird machine. And, of course, it has to be poetically explained.
0: <sighs> okay, so they stuck a uh, a snake-like object with an eye down that her throat. That sucks up.
1: Yeah, it's maybe right. her stomach's getting pumped or something. All right. All right. The impersonal operator of the machine could... By wearing a special optical helmet, gaze into the soul of the person whom he was pumping out. Is that true?
0: It sounds like laparoscopic surgery, or they stick a tube (laughs) with a camera down there.
1: What did the eye see? He did not say. I don't think they had that in the 50s. He came up with laparoscopic surgery.
0: (laughs) Ray Bradbury, author and future teller.
1: He saw but did not see what the eye saw. The entire operation was not unlike the digging of a trench in one's yard. The woman on the bed was no more than a hard stratum of marble they had reached. Go on anyway, shove the bore down, slush up the emptiness, if such a thing could be brought out in the throb of the section snake. The operator stood smoking a cigarette. The other machine was operated by an equally impersonal fellow in non-stainable reddish-brown coveralls. This machine pumped all of the blood from the body and replaced it with fresh blood and serum. Hmm. They put weird things in people?
0: Whenever anything goes wrong, pump it out,
1: put new in. Yeah, but why blood and serum? Is there like a weird serum they add to people? New improved with (laughs) additive serum?
0: I hear it has collagens.
1: Got to clean them out both ways, said the operator, standing over the silent woman.
0: Wait, they're going up her butt? Who?
1: No, no, no. I think he means the stomach and the blood. Why Replaced. does my mind right
0: away go, now that eye eyes going up the can?
1: <laughs> I don't God. Know. No use getting the stomach if you don't clean the blood. Leave that stuff in the blood and the blood hits the brain like a mallet. Bang, a couple thousand times and the brain just gives up, just quits. Stop it, said Montag. I was just saying, said the operator. Are you done, said Montag. They shut the machines up tight. We're done. His anger did not even touch them. They stood with the cigarette smoke curling around their noses and into their eyes without making them blink or squint. That's 50 bucks. (laughs) It really sounds like a service, like an oil change or something. It really
0: does. Just
1: top off the fluids.
0: Two grease monkeys show up smoking cigarettes with two tubes.
1: First, why don't you tell me if she'll be all right? Sure, she'll be okay. We got all the mean stuff right in our suitcase here. It can't get at her now. As I said, you take out the old and put in the new and you're okay. Neither of you is an MD. Why didn't they send an MD from emergency? Hell, the operator's cigarette moved on his lip. We get these cases nine or ten a night. Got so many starting a few years ago. And we had the special machines built. With the optical lens, of course, that was new. The rest is ancient. You don't need an MD case like this. All you need is two handymen. Clean up the problem in half an hour. You know what this reminds me of? It's like the guy who did my roof in Florida, Vinny. Oh, yeah.
0: Just call Vinny over. Vinny and his friend Mike. Yeah, you, <laughs> all you need is Vinny and Mike. I call Vinny, then Vinny says, there's a big job, I need Mikey to come over.
1: Right, and they invested in these machines.
0: So Vinny calls Mike, bring the cobra tube. <laughs> right. And- when you said that he laughed, or he said something where he said, hell, and the cigarette stayed on his lip. Yeah. Does not remind you like a marionette? Like those old marionettes where they would smoke, but the cigarette was like glued on the bottom lip. So whenever the the marionette's mouth would open, the cigarette would move. It's funny.
1: Look, he started for the door. We gotta go. Just had another call on the old ear thimble. Ten blocks from here. Someone else just jumped off the cap of a pillbox. Call if you need us again. Keep her quiet. We got a contraceptive in her. She'll wake up hungry so long. This is kind of, I mean, it's dystopian and scary, but th- uh, this is this, there's a bit of humor here.
0: And he nailed it again, because mm-hmm. not only are the seashells where you can play podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. he also took a call. Totally.
1: It's like an iPhone on an AirPod.
0: Ray Bradbury, author and future teller.
1: Yeah, that's right. The old ear thimble. And the men yeah. with the cigarettes in their straight-lined mouths, the men with the eyes of puff adders, took up their load of machine and tube, their case of liquid melancholy, and the slow, dark sludge of nameless stuff and strolled out the door.
0: How you just describe them? They're not marionettes. They're Muppets. They're like <laughs> Beaker.
1: Yeah, Beaker.
0: <laughs> like a Beaker had a cigarette, a felt cigarette glued to his felt lower lip. That's who these guys are.
1: Montag sank down into a chair and looked at this woman. Her eyes were closed now, gently, and he put out his hand to feel the warmness of breath on his palm. Mildred, he said at last. Well, I mean, so he's a good guy because he cares about his wife. He wants her to be okay. Yeah. There are too many of us, he thought. There are billions of us, and that's too many. Nobody knows anyone. Strangers come and violate you. Strangers come and cut your heart out. Strangers come and take your blood. Good God. Who were those men? I never saw them before in my life. So it sounds like he doesn't like the way things are.
0: I didn't like Vinny when I first hired him <laughs> to fix the tile work in my place. I grun you.
1: Half an hour passed. The bloodstream in this woman was new, and it seemed to have done a new thing to her. Her cheeks were very pink, and her lips were very fresh and full of color, and they looked soft and relaxed. Someone else's blood there. If only someone else's flesh and brain and memory— if only they could have taken her mind along to the dry cleaners and emptied the pockets and steamed and cleaned it and re-blocked it and brought it back in the morning. If only. Oh,
0: so much for him being a good guy.
1: Oh, well, he knows that that's not her. It says someone else's blood there. I, I think he's... It's weird. It's a little bit creepy.
0: If you could do this, if you felt like crap one day and you could just run over to Minute Clinic or call a couple of Muppets to come over... Hook you up to a tube. Five minutes later, you got all new fluid in you, like an oil change. Wouldn't you go for that?
1: I mean, that's the point. Like, if it was still me, yes. But it sounds like whatever serum or blood they put in there oh. is not her. That's that's the way I'm reading it. He got up and put back the drapes and opened the windows wide to let the night air in. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Was it only an hour ago? Clarice McClellan in the street and him coming in and the dark room and his foot kicking the little crystal bottle? Only an hour, but the world had melted down and sprung up in new and colorless form. Laughter blew across the moon-colored lawn from the house of Clarice and her father and mother and the uncle who smiled so quietly and so earnestly. Above all, their laughter was relaxed and hearty and not forced in any way, coming from the house that was so brightly lit this late night while all the other houses were kept to themselves in darkness. Montag heard the voices talking, 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 giving, talking, weaving, reweaving their hypnotic web. Montag moved out through the French windows and crossed the lawn without even thinking of it. He stood outside the talking house in the shadows, thinking he might even tap on their door and whisper, Let me come in. I won't say anything. I just want to listen. What is it you're saying? So he wants to join them. Yeah, it's a fun house. But instead he stood there very cold, his face a mask of ice, listening to a man's voice, the uncle, moving along at an easy pace. Well, after all, this is the age of the disposable tissue. Blow your nose on a person, wad them, flush them away. Reach for another blow, wad, flush. Everyone using everyone else's coattails. How are you supposed to root for the home team when you don't even have a program or know the names? For that matter, what color jerseys are they wearing as they trot out on the field? Montag moved back to his own house, left the window wide, checked Mildred, tucked the covers about her carefully, and then lay down with the moonlight on his cheekbones and on the frowning ridges in his brow, with the moonlight distilled in each eye to form a silver cataract there. One drop of rain, Clarice. Another drop, Mildred. A third, the uncle. A fourth, the fire tonight. One, Clarice. Two, Mildred. Three, uncle. Four, uh, fire. Uh, what uh, is going on no, here, no, he... Dan? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> suffering anything. This is maybe uh, his uh, mind is
0: racing. One,
1: Mildred. Two, Clarice. Are one Are starting two, over? Three. No, no. This is. I'm not. No, I'm just finishing He's... here. <laughs> One Mildred two Clarice One Two Three Four Five Clarice Mildred Uncle Fire Sleeping Tablets Men Disposable Tissue Coattails Blow Wad Flesh Clarice Mildred Uncle Fire Tablets Tissue Blow Wad Flesh I feel Silly <laughs> Reading This Ah uh, Ah uh, uh. One Two Three One Two Three Rain The Storm The Uncle Laughing uh, uh, uh. Thunder Falling Downstairs the whole world pouring down, the fire gushing up in a volcano, all rushing on down, around, in a spouting roaring rivering stream toward morning. I don't know anything anymore, he said, and let a sleep lozenge dissolve on his tongue. End of passage. Sounds like he's got a uh, stirring thoughts that won't let him sleep, so he t- he-, he took a sleep lozenge. <laughs>
0: I think in the future you don't count sheep. You just count. <laughs>
1: Count random things. It's time
0: for PPP. Problematic points to ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter?
1: Mm. Anything banworthy in that little section we read? The answer is no. You the don't have to. The answer is even no, think.
0: but I'm I'm trying to even <laughs> figure out what we just heard.
1: It's massaging the idea in my brain that he's gonna break, he's gonna turn, like, goes to yeah. his house and he realizes he's unhappy. And then he sees his wife. She just tried to kill herself. Instead of letting her go, he calls the services and they come and they pump her out and top off her fluids, you know, so like she's unhappy, he's unhappy. Meanwhile, there's life going on across the street and he he tiptoes over there and he's like, he wants to go in there, but not yet, not yet.
0: I'm liking this. I'm liking this book so far. It's it's complicated. It's such a new story and it's I I get Maycomb County. I understand, you know, yeah. Alabama in the 30s.
1: It sounds like the exact opposite slow life Nothing to do. Go hang yeah. out at the neighbor's house. This is like fast pace. Everyone's really going fast. You'll get arrested if you don't go fast.
0: All right. Well, that is it for this episode. You guys, please join us for the next episode as we continue to get our minds wrapped around Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451.
1: See you next time.
0: Bye.